Good morning, everybody. And welcome to The Injection. Of course, you have me, Antoine Johnson, this morning uh, with my producer, Michael J. What's up, everybody? And this morning, we have a very, very special guest. (laughs) (laughs) We have Mark Jones on the show this morning. Who? Hello, Mark. (laughs) How y'all doing? (laughs) Mark. Go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm living in Smithfield, Virginia. I'm 44 years old. I'm a project engineer uh, for Smithfield Foods. I, uh, I guess the things I like to do is uh, video games, hanging out with my family, uh, hanging out with my boys. Uh, they're getting a little older now, so I don't get to do that as much as I used to. And uh, going to hang out with my little goddaughter. Right. That's the that's the adorable daughter that we actually mentioned this week on, on one of the posts. Yes. So we talked about your goddaughter and she's absolutely adorable. Yes, she is. <laughs> she she just melts my heart when I every time I go see her and she seems like she's just as happy to see me as she can be. Yeah, that's what's up. Of course you probably think she's right going to get a slurpy, but <laughs> it works. Well every you know, that's what that's what being a kid is about. Yes it is. But, so y'all we're gonna jump right in. Um so this week started out kind of um, interesting with Tiger Woods winning the Masters on um, on last weekend. So by Monday, you know, uh, everybody was a buzz about, you know, him getting the green jacket again after not having gotten it for, you know, over a decade and, you know, being brought back to glory. And I think what one of the most major things was, was him actually – being promised a, a medal of freedom from the president. Me and Mark actually went back and forth about this. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, as, as I stated, I am happy for Tiger. He got the award. Like, but for any black man that gets recognized, I'm happy to see it happen. I just scratched my head at why he got it. And, you know, Mark, that's where I stand on it. I made a post about it. I said exactly that's what I felt about it. And I just felt like you were trying to get something else out of me. Oh, I no. I just go directly to you and let you just speak. Like, what, what were you trying to get? No, I, I wasn't trying to get anything. But if, if, to me, if you tell me, well, he deserves it, you know, I want to see him recognized. And then you scratch your head. I mean, I know everybody looks at it like, okay, Trump is the one giving it to him. What's he up to? <laughs> and I, I get it, but I don't get it. I mean, in in the past, I guess in the grand scheme of things, is somebody that throws a ball around worthy of a presidential award? I don't know. But in the past, people have gotten it. And why not Tiger? Nobody has changed the game of golf like him. And he did have a rough patch a little while ago. I don't need to go into that. Everybody knows. But, I mean, he's a – other than that part, that's his personal business. You know, there's no need for us to judge him one way or the other. But he's a pretty stand-up guy. Wait a minute. No need to judge him, but he's a pretty stand-up guy. No, for, for, his, no, for his personal... I'm talking about for his relationship with him and his wife and his personal affairs. I'm talking about outside of his family. See, to, to me, one of my favorite athletes right now is LeBron James. I mean, he is just, for that reason, you know, he's just, he's a stand-up guy. And you don't hear a bunch of mess with him. It's like he's got not, doesn't have a lot of baggage. Uh, and, and Tiger's the same way, other than the issue he had with his wife. But to say that he's, he deserves it, but you're still scratching your head. You asked me in, on several different ways, like what I like what I meant with that. And I, I just really at the time I, I was sitting here thinking and I was like, I, you know, I don't even really know what to say. That's the reason why I'm scratching my head, because, you know, I just don't even know what to say and what I feel. Yeah. And I know you said you're not a fan. OK. I, and I said I'm not a fan. And you know what? And, and the reason why and I'm going to be straight with you, the reason why I'm not a fan of Tiger Woods. It's because he hasn't been a fan of black people. And okay. that's just my personal opinion. Or a fan of being black. Let's put it that way. I won't say a fan of black people because I don't really know what he feels about black people because he hasn't said anything about black people ever. But what I do know is that he's not a fan of being black. 
And whenever he's been asked a question to speak on his blackness, he's avoided that question. That's well, what I do know. Well, I, that's why maybe, that's what maybe makes for me good not reason. a fan of him. However, Mark, hold on. However, I'm not going to take away the recognition that he gets as a black man, and I'm not going to not recognize that and be happy for him on some level. But see, I don't think he's recognized because of the color of his skin. And not everybody can pick up the torch like you do. And, you, you know, not everybody's built for that. And and maybe he's not, maybe he wants to stay out of it. I don't, I'm sure he's got whatever reasons he's got, but to, he is. Mark, you we, can't stay out of it, Mark. We know, we know for a fact, we know for a fact, we know for a fact he's 50% Asian. We, okay. we do know that. Okay. And, and, and I'm not sure how he was raised. I know when he was first on the scene, he was on Oprah. And I know you know about the Cobbling Asian stuff and all that. And they asked his dad, right? right. You know, well, what race, what race do you raise him? That is. They they asked him, what race do you raise Tiger as? He said, the human race, which is perfect, perfect. And I'm I'm almost willing to bet he wasn't he wasn't. I said it on Facebook, but he wasn't raised black. I I think you know what that means. Okay. Right. I, I don't have to explain. And I need to tell you how that sounds when you say that. Right. Let me, let me just say this. Black. Let me say this, because going going into like he wasn't raised black or the people that raised him, his parents said, you know, the human race. And I get how that sounds nice and, you know, uplifting for the most part. But the reality of the situation is if you are raising a child that clearly looks black, but you're not connecting that identity to what their experience could be, that's the issue, because. I mean, black people know how it is living in America as black people and how we're discriminated against for the simplest shit, to be quite honest. I mean, even just going to the store, you can have issues. I mean, you don't have to do much. Yeah, you're I, black in America and, you know, those type of experiences happen to you. I so, I mean, that, but yeah, but for him, for them to not acknowledge that, like, I think that plays into a lot of why black people probably are not rooting for him as much or as Hard as they could be, like LeBron James, like you mentioned, but that at that point, or Serena Williams, because LeBron James Williams. actually participating in the sport that's always traditionally been black and been supported by blacks. But Serena Williams took tennis to a whole other level, unlike uh, many of her her um her her predecessors, uh, 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 um Athea Gibson, um what's the guy from Richmond? Mark, help me out. Um. I don't know. I'm not a big tennis fan. I am a huge Serena Arthur fan. Ashe. Arthur Ashe. <laughs> Arthur Ashe. Okay. Like, I mean, black people have played tennis before them, but nobody has really changed the game like Serena Williams. And the reality is, and I know you like her, Mark, she recognizes when she recognizes and, and understands the responsibility that she has. And I, and I use responsibility loosely, but she definitely reaches back and understands what it means to be black. I can understand that, but like I said, not everybody can carry that torch. Not not everybody's built for it. And maybe maybe Tiger's not. And to keep let me make sure I word this right. To not bring it out what he really feels, you know, it's like mm. indifferent. But I mean if you get him at home one on one and talk to him, mm -hmm. that's when you would really find out. And he's got a lot of pool. I mean, he reminds me of Michael Jordan. He's got a lot of pool. Okay. You know. I'm not saying he doesn't have a lot of pool. I'm not saying there's not a lot of people out here who like him. I like him. I did a lot of mainstream golf um, fans, um, old and young, white and black, who do like him. And I'm not going to take that away from him. And I'm not going to take away from him being, you know, a, a great golfer. However, I mean, we got <sighs> – other golfers who've done great things, Mark Jones. I mean, but you you can't you can't dislike him because he's not outspoken. I mean, that's okay. Uh, you, okay. you know what I mean? We got Arnold Palmer. You know, he hasn't even has a drink named after him. Anybody out there? You, ever, <laughs> you know, you ever go to your local carryout and you get a uh, sweet tea and a lemonade. That's what you're getting. In case you didn't know, yep. you're getting the Arnold Palmer. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like you know, yeah. I mean not to say that that's the that's the, the the basis of being successful that you have a drink named after you. Um, I mean, we we've talked about it a hundred times. I can't tell you what it's like to be black. I have no idea. 
right. you guys do. But do you really think that Tiger is treated the same way you guys are? If y'all both were to walk into a store. Um, and Tiger some Woods stores, yes. Carson show when he was three years old. I mean, it's like he was born for this. He was born. So, so, if I'm hearing you correctly, Mark, what you're saying is that his exposure doesn't even allow him to understand the experiences that we might experience as a black man. Is that yeah, what you're yeah. saying? Absolutely. Michael Jack? I would have to disagree with that simply because, <laughs> you know, I, I get he is, you know, probably very privileged in his upbringing to have access to be able to, you know, play a sport like golf and everything like that. And there's a very, you know, specific demographic. I mean, that that the game of golf is it's a rich white man's game. Exactly. And so he and him and having access was benefiting from that. But am I to say that because he had those experiences that he should go into a store and be treated differently? Maybe because he has a different platform, people might recognize him. But there are some people, for example, Oprah went into some store where she did, people did <laughs> not know Oprah her. And Oprah definitely stuff? has way more pull exposure. than exposure and, and experience than, you know, Tiger. And they were basically harassing her. Like, you know, like, you know, not giving her, you know, basic customer service. Yeah, but I mean, you prob- it's just like she probably did that because she was, bag she was trying to get. She couldn't afford the bag. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. They probably assume like, oh, Oprah, you you know, not knowing. Oh, maybe who they she didn't is. even know her. You gotta understand these artists, when they are on TV, like y'all been seeing the picture. Well, not you, Marcus. I know you don't really know who Wendy Williams is. But like Wendy Williams, for instance, like look at her when she leaves the studio. If she was to be out there alone by herself, you would never realize that she was the same person she was when she's glammed up for TV. That's we true. see people at their best. So when these Black, white, whoever. Like, and look at Lindsay Lohan back in the day. She used to look great on camera. When you see in those pictures on the tabloids, she was looking like shit. Like, so it could be white or black. But the bottom line is, when we see them out in public, nine times out of ten, they could be seen as just being regular people. And that's when they get the regular responses to who they are. Oh, I'm not you saying. Know? Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they should be treated a different way. I'm just saying they are. Right. If if they're recognized, because my, like Michael just said, like and Oprah has been very vocal about this experience that she had at whatever store because it was like somehow transformative for her because she realized, hey girl, you just another n word like everybody else. Like, well, that was over in the UK, right? That wasn't here, right? Wasn't that over across the pond somewhere? I don't. I, I, there was a here, Michael, or was it somewhere else? You know? I'm not. I'm not entirely sure if it was. In, but it was even here if it was somewhere else, um. Because, I mean, black people have issues in the U.K., too. Like, I've right. uh, seen a lot of police very, brutality. Very and... popular internationally. So I don't even know if that matters as much. Um, but the bottom line is, I think in, this, in that situation especially, Oprah Winfrey felt like she... No, actually, I, I do think it was in America. And I think she was actually marginalized because, if I'm not mistaken, she was with Gail or something like that. Hmm. Anyway, that's beyond the point. The point is, like, and being a black person, it doesn't really matter what environment we might be in. We do experience what it means to be highlighted as a black person. And I think that same thing has happened to Tiger Woods, whether he wants to acknowledge it and respond to it or not. In his worst days, Tiger Woods wasn't looking like Tiger Woods, Mark Jones. And I'm sure he experienced some black I'm sure he experienced some situations. Oh, absolutely. I, I he experienced that, I some situations because of how and what he was going on in his worst days because we all saw how that looked. And it didn't look good. I don't doubt that a bit. Right. I mean, complaining about when he first started, you know, there was still golf clubs that he could not play at. Wow. You mean when he first started or when after he had No, when he, when he first started. Oh, okay. Because I think after he had the situation with his wife and he went through all that, I think the golf world still respected him. I don't think he ever lost that respect. Yeah, they, they still respected him. But, I mean, you know how hard it was for me to find one person that wasn't a fan of Tiger Woods? That was you. I mean, you're like the only one I've ever heard I, of. You know what? But then again, I posted another article where I, it, it was another gentleman, not me. It's not just me, Mark Jones, or Michael Jacobs. Oh, seen, oh I, I, didn't, I didn't say it wasn't just you, but it, it's hard to find. It's hard to find in your world. But let me tell you, it's not hard to find in mine. 
Because there's a lot of people that I talk to who just feel the same way about about Tiger Woods. Right. A lot, and, you know, and not just all black people. There are white <laughs> people too. And, you know, so what I'm saying to you is Tiger Woods doesn't necessarily, in my opinion, make the cross-reference of success necessary that you would need in order to actually be recognized by the Presidential Freedom Award. Okay, Michael, let me Jack- you said Michael Jackson hit that. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar okay. hit, hit that. I asked you on Facebook and you never answered. Kareem and that's the reason why I told you let's bring it here. And yep. I hope I cleared it up for you exactly what I feel. Did I? Well, do you, do you think Michael Jordan deserved one? I think Michael Jordan deserved to be recognized, yes. And I think, I, I, yes, I think he deserved to be, I think Muhammad Ali deserved to be recognized. But I even you think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar deserved to be recognized. I mean, especially what, in hindsight. What did, what did Michael stuff. Jordan do to be recognized? Continuous success, I guess. I don't know. Um, on his wife, so I, I think society's at, <laughs> society at a different time than it was when Michael Jordan was recognized. And I think at the time that he got it, he was recognized for getting it. And I but think see, that, that shouldn't okay. matter. The time shouldn't matter. I mean, come on now. The time shouldn't matter. Like, this is not, not 2019. I mean, come on. I now. mean, the times definitely matter. So right now, I would not be in support of Michael Jordan receiving that type of recognition for other reasons. More specifically, his investment in the prison industrial complex that is overrepresented with black and brown people. And so while it sounds nice, like he's putting investment into something that we need, the overrepresentation of black people who are also supporters of his products doesn't doesn't add up and it doesn't line up. So no, right now I wouldn't. I mean, back then, I guess he was doing whatever he was doing to warrant that type of recognition and but because of all success. All he did back then, he was yep. the best at putting yep. that basketball in the goal. That was... Right, and that's all it was. And that's all it was. And Tiger Woods is the same way. You know, but Tiger Woods has a background now that's not so attached to that. I don't know. Again, I'm I'm just trying to say. Everybody's pulling for Tiger. Almost everybody. A lot of people. A lot of people. Well, you know what? And and to and to move on to the next thing, Mike. I mean, um, Mark. I'm pulling for Tiger too. I support him. I give him the respect, but I'm still scratching my head. Now, let's move on, y'all. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on to this little boy at Target that this week decided that he wanted to have a runway show down the, in the dressing room of Target. In this posting, particularly, I said, particularly, I said about this little boy, I just didn't really know what to say about him. Um, he was walking down the runway, and I was just left with I was left speechless. First, let me try to give you a, a little bit of explanation of what I said, because um, I said I don't know what to say. And what I was saying was I I, I I appreciate the gender expression of him walking down the aisle, but there was some more overt sexual moments that were just a little bit had me at a little at a place where I was just a little bit questioning those sexual moments. Um, I think a lot of people not, and this isn't about you, Mark Jones specifically, but this is about, um, you know, a lot of people had questions about what did I mean? And I was like, well, I don't really know. I mean, you know, I tried to explain as best I could in the moment. Yeah. You were scratching your head again. Huh? You were scratching your head again. I was still scratching my head again, you know, because like, again, I want to appreciate the gender expression. However, I'm having a really, really hard time with. Um, exactly what's going on. And there was a dude on the post, Sahan Ross, said, um, this child is no more than 10 years old. Boy or girl at such age should not be gyrating and sashaying in a sexually provocative manner, grossly inappropriate. And I responded to him, I definitely am 100% behind the gender expression. However, would I be accepting of my cisgender 10-year-old making those moves? That's the I wrote, I don't know what to say because I'm so torn. And that's where I was at. The walking, put on the heels, the dressing up, I would support a 10-year-old girl just like I would support him appearing as a 10-year-old boy because we really don't know what's going on with him. But um, by the same token, am I getting upset because of the little sexual piece at the end? Like, it was just, I was just all over the place with it. Um, Mark, I am going to let you speak, but I'm going to let Michael speak first. What did you get from it? 
Um, I mean, I think a lot of people are wrapped up in the moves that the 10-year-old was doing and, you know, reading it as sexual. But my thing is, does the child know that it's sexual? Like, I, I'm, I mean, just out of curiosity, I'm, I'm posing that because I don't know if this 10-year-old is just doing moves that they saw and don't have context for the, you know, I guess the... The, the the sexual prowess of it or whatever the case may be. But it could be from what I'm looking at is that this is a 10-year-old boy who's dressed up like he is and walking the runway. I mean, and probably just, you know, doing moves that he's seen. People By emulation. On, yeah, emulation. Seeing uh, what other models have done in terms of like, you know, I guess giving quote-unquote sexy or whatever the case may be. Right. And, and that's I think as adults, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me let me just finish this. I think as adults, well, while we are very much, you know, experienced in the area, whatever the case may be, I think we put that on children sometimes, too, because of how we see the world or how we see things. Because that 10-year-old may not even see it as, oh, I'm being, you know, sexually provocative or whatever the case may be. I'm just having fun because I want to walk the runway as well. And so I think we need to be cognizant of what we put on two children to sit up here and suggest that this is what's happening when that's not how they are experiencing it. Mark Jones. All right. Uh, well, I'm not even going to go into the uh, boy dressing like a woman for whatever reason, you know, that's for another discussion, but I didn't have the, I didn't have a problem with the, you know, with having a dress on the high heels, whatever. I do wish we could have seen more of the video, you know, like leading up to it. Like, you know, mom, I'm going to put this dress on and walk around like, you know, we don't know what the boy was doing, but, or why he did it, but I know what he did. I saw what he did and how he did it. Now, like I told you, Antoine, whoever was behind the camera is, they're, they're the main culprit. Mm. You know, it never, this, this never should have been posted. You know, I, I, once that happened, I would have had to stop the boy and say, look, and just laid it out what the expectations were. You know, you can't do this because of what it looks like, if that makes what, sense. What does it look like? Well, to us, we know what it looks like. It looks like something a 18, 20-year-old would be doing. And to be I've seen, seen 18 and 20-year-olds do much worse. Uh, oh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but to me, I wouldn't want my 10-year-old boy or girl doing that. And that's where the question becomes, you know, whether we are disciplining the overt sexualness no, of it the, the or are we was... embracing the gender expression? Because keep in mind, you would, talking about your goddaughter, if she put on heels and dressed up like that as a target and erased the finger in the mouth and, the, and getting on the ground and all the sex, but just walk down the runway, you would think it was the cutest thing ever. And you no. know you would, Mark. No, Jones. I would not. No, no. Now, Mark, she, come on she, now. If she put the heels on and, and she loves wearing dresses, she absolutely loves wearing dresses. She walks around, she twirls in them, you know, like okay. look at me like Belle and Beauty and the Beast. But <laughs> I, I, I don't think her parents would allow that. I'm talking about erasing the, the more sexual part of it. The, the, oh, oh, oh! I would, I would be absolutely fine with that. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So that's what we gotta, we gotta separate the two. Like, you know, are we okay with that that presumably appearing boy walking, dressing up? Are we okay with that? Or and or I should say the part the sexual part, is that the part that we're actually drawing a pause at and we're having a problem with? Can we separate the two or is it all just one thing when it's a boy? And that's the problem that had me shaking my head and not knowing what to say. Oh, you got, you got two different issues you're looking at. Whether dressing up like a girl is an issue or the sexual part was an issue. Right. Like I said, that's I have no I idea leading up to that why he put the dress on. He could have been doing it to goof off. I, whatever he was doing that for, I have no... That's not my issue. My right. issue was the last part. And a grown-up, I presume a grown-up grown up video and, and posting it. That's just... Right. To me, that's bad taste. Now, you know, now keep in mind, Mark, let's keep in because it was another big, there was a sidebar that you and I often have going to with this situation 
with the discipline of the situation. So let's not eclipse that either. Because I was, you were saying like, you know, what is, and, and, and Mark, you're a very smart, you're a very smart person. I want to tell you that. Like, don't let Mark Jones fool you, everybody. He's smart. <laughs> you don't let the okay. laptop fool you. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> don't think I drive a pickup truck with dog box in the You rolled the line very well <laughs> as it related to like what discipline could or would look like in this situation. And I was hard line on, you know, you know, corporal punishment is not is not where we're going to go with this. We're going to have a dialogue. And then you were saying, like, dialogue, spanking, talking, whatever. It's the same thing. And it's not. And, and, and then we had an auxiliary conversation that was just very much centered on that. And I want to talk about that a little bit before we go into the next topic because the reality is I need to understand what you, what you feel like discipline might look like for this child, whether it be a girl or a boy. Okay, well, I want to put that out there for the whole listening world. Well, Whether it be I mean, a girl or a boy, and what they were displaying in that video. Okay, like I said before, to me, there is a difference between spanking and beating. Beating is never okay. Spanking, I don't have a problem with. And believe it or not, I've only smacked my oldest boy's hand one time. Okay. that That's all I've ever hit him. Now, I've had my tail tore up a time or two. I, <laughs> no, I deserved, I deserved like, every one of them. No, you have. I deserved every one of them. <laughs> but to me, you got to talk first. You know, sit the child down. You know, whether you agree with me on whether they should be dressing up like a girl, whether I agree with you, whatever. You sit down and you – it's kind of like work. You know, you lay the expectations out, and this is what you have to do. And if you don't, these are the consequences. My dad used to always tell me my ears were always in my butt. And that's the only way he could get me to listen. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I mean, it's the same thing. But like I said, first like I said, first of all, the one with the camera, they, they were getting corporal punishment. True corporal punishment. Whatever True corporal punishment. Okay. Right. Not the child. Not the first time, anyway. But I, I mean, I, I just—it's just hard for me to believe a grown-up would would even post that. Okay. You know, I, the walking, what you saying? The walking, I can, you know, no problem. But all the, you know, biting of the fingers and all that—that's. And, and I just want to be clear where I was and, and and what I was trying to say on the post because my thing is, you know, every state is different about a corporal punishment and about child abuse and what that means and what corporal punishment. And, and is and what that means and and i do agree with you in your state and this is what i was trying to put across in the post not to get too much into government policy because we're gonna we're gonna get with betsy devos in a minute we're gonna talk a little bit about that <laughs> but um <laughs> right now just to say like you know what policy means and, and and they're different from state to state and where you are in virginia yes what you're saying is true like basically virginia lets you whoop your child down until like until they just cognitively just have a, a mental a intellectual disability because of it and I put you and I put that in the notes and I was trying to clear that up and show you like in Virginia they let you do all that but where I'm at if you hit a child with even honestly even if it's just a slap on the hand if it's you know I can say you struck your struck your child and I can call the police and you know somewhat as an agent of the court um, I can say that I witnessed this happening and you will get arrested now whether you will get in front of a judge and they will dismiss it because I was being petty out on the street or whatever, that will happen after you get your lawyer and you go through the system. But the point is, you can be arrested based on code because you are not supposed to strike a child. And that's the bottom line. And I don't really think that you really were understanding what I'm saying. Or maybe I, maybe I misunderstood what you were understanding about what I was saying. No, I, I, understood, I understood what you were saying. Let me ask you this. Do you, do you agree with spanking? Not I don't at all. Don't. No. And I, the reason why I don't agree with it, and, and it's just really based on research, because, you know, and let me let me just also say, maybe once upon a time I did, but because I know better now and have been presented with information, I would not want to be responsible for my child having any type of cognitive delay delays going on with them. And what I mean by that, and I could have worded that better was that once you strike a child, whether that's you're spanking them or they're receiving a, a thrashing, like they're 
brains are not even developed and they pick up on that type of response to the body, that trauma, and it significantly impacts their cognitive abilities and the development of that. I mean, there's a lot of research in support of that. Like, I, and anybody listening that has kids and is seeking ways to discipline them and are looking for alternative ways, there are other ways that you can discipline your child without, you know, spanking them or hitting them because either way, the child's body responds to that and their brain is responding to that type of interaction, that impact. Whether it's a spanking, five taps, or you have a whole whip and you are beating them. Either or, it's, it's bad and it's not good for that child's development. So, I mean, you can engage in alternative exercises or things that will, you know, tire them out, like running laps and stuff like that, versus actually hitting them and causing them any type of pain. Well, I mean, I, 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 I want to speak to this. We can agree to disagree on that one, I guess. Okay. I, I just want to speak to this real quick for y'all before we move on to the next topic. Um, you know, some months ago, we had some conversation about, you know, corporal punishment and what it meant. And I think the reality is you have to be able to, for spanking Mark to be impartial about whether it is that you're spanking the child for discipline or because you're angry. And I think that's where we get clouded a lot. You know, I'm, you're 42. You said you're 42. I'm 42. I'm 44. 44. Okay. I'm 40. Thank you. Okay. So we're about the same age. Um, And I honestly think that's where it becomes a question for me. And oftentimes, for lack of a better way to put it, you cite me as not having kids, and I don't, even though I work around them a lot. And if I did have a kid, that's what I would always be struggling with. Am I spanking you because I'm mad at you, or am I spanking you to reverse behavior that you would have, that you did? Well, I can't tell you how many times my boys made me mad, but okay. I didn't hit them. I didn't hit them for it. <laughs> you mm. know, it it's it's kind of like a consequence. Okay, let's take a a shot collar for a dog. Okay, when you a what? A, sh- a shot collar. A shot collar for a dog. Yeah, you never heard of that? No, I never heard that one. Okay, well, just real brief. You put the shot collar on them. You if they don't oh, the listen. Oh, shot, co- shot collar, like shot, like a um. Okay. You put that on your kids? No, absolutely not. Oh, he's talking about a shot collar on a dog. Yeah. Oh, like, okay. To leave out the okay. fence. So they don't leave yep. out the fence. Same right. thing. When they when they get close to the invisible fence, it beats. If they keep going, it shocks them. You know, All eventually right. they know getting to that fence is a consequence, and right. they can't do it. But I, kid, I kid, I've had all dogs before. I had a dog that actually got me arrested, actually. But like <laughs> the point is, like a kid is hardwired as dogs. Dogs are hardwired to understand just what you said. Beat, don't do it. No, so I'm, father, I'm just saying I'm just, it's the same thing. If you know, I knew back then because I got my tail tore up for this. So I probably better not do that again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and that's not a, you know, that's not a mark. Like I said, if you had seen some of the things I've seen at Little's grocery store, oh my gosh, <laughs> some of those kids got <laughs> got lit, Jack. <laughs> and you know what, Mark? The funny thing is, even in Virginia you're not going to see that today. You're just not. Like, even with the laws being a little bit more relaxed as it, as it relates to corporal punishment and what it means to abuse a child, you're not going to see people having children in the middle of the floor beating them to death in the middle of... Uh, but, and and I would not. I would never let that happen if I saw it. I would never let it happen. So but today, spanking, you wouldn't even let that happen. But a spanking, that, that is different. Okay, me, I remember different. back in the day at Little Grocery Store, people were getting their ass whipped. Oh, like it, it was like a it was like a bell would go off and just whip your kids. I mean, it, it so was, I mean, it's a difference. I do agree with you. There's a difference. Well, we can agree to disagree on the on the effectiveness of it. On the effectiveness of it, because I I just don't know if conversation. I just I guess because I've actually sat down and talked to kids, and we've had those moments. And I realize kids can get it if you sit down and talk to them. Like, kids can dialogue with you. And that's the word I use even in the postmark, Jones. Like, kids can dialogue with you if you sit down and you make take the time out to talk to them. 
And a lot of times if you figure out, like in this post right here, where is this sexual stuff coming from? Oh, I just saw Naomi Campbell do it on YouTube. Okay, that's one thing. Oh, my uncle told me to do that before he put his dick in my butt. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, that, that's that's a, that's another corporal punishment coming. <laughs> that's capital punishment coming. That's capital punishment punishment capital punishment coming to the uncle. But do you right. see where I'm going with that? Yeah, like, absolutely. But like said, a, yeah, but the conversation to has to be had. You can't just discipline that child. No, you no, have I, that's, com- that's what I said. I, I I didn't say yank them up from Target and tear the butt up. First thing, you you, you got to talk to them, tell them, give them the expectation why you can't do this, and why are you doing it? First of all, where did you learn it from? That would be my number one, you know. But it's kind of like um, you see parents or or aunts or uncles, you know, little two three year old kids cussing, you know, saying cuss words, and they're laughing, ha ha, this is funny. Till you get in church somewhere and they do it and then embarrass you, then you want to beat them. Now, when you hear it the first time, you have to let them know you cannot say this. This is why you can't say it, and don't let me hear it. Hear you say it again. And, and you know what, Mark? Before we move to the next topic, do you really think everybody is giving that background that you're talking about? Let's let's be real. Let's be real here. Do you really think every parent is really giving the background? that you're talking about oh absolutely not like you said not everybody's cut out to be parents mm. but you, you you have to you have to teach them right and wrong from what you think okay and if anybody thinks that a 10 year old walking around like that not the dress on but you know doing all the sexual stuff is okay then i don't know i got some questions of my own for them and I do too, because the, it came from somewhere, and yeah. and 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 the, and the conversation about it is where did it come from, and let's ha- let's get to the bottom of it. Yeah, and and if they saw it, that's fine, right? Again. But if their uncle, if their uncle Robert told them to do it, so before he put his dick in their butt, then we got another conversation. Yeah. Okay. Let's leave. A- absolutely, we got more than <laughs> one conversation. All right, let's transition, Mark Jones. It's so good to have you all here today. I'm glad to be on here. <laughs> If you ever come to Smithfield, let me know. We're going to get get some kind of drink. Uh, but you don't drink. I, I drink tea. <laughs> you drink Arnold Palmer? No, I can't stand them. My son loves them. They come in the big 16-ounce cans. They're like 99 cents at uh, Farm Fresh or Kroger now. He loves them. Oh, my God. How You know what? Sidebar really quick. We was going, how is Kroger working in the Farm Fresh space? I know people don't have their fried chicken anymore. Oh, man, that's I, I can't stand it. Mm. Farm Fresh next to Hardy's had the best fried chicken. Right. Five ninety nine, you could go in and get eight pieces. <laughs> wow, man, it, and it was good. I'm telling you. And not only was it good, everybody loved the fried chicken. Like, oh I, man, it's the best fried chicken since about when Farm Fresh was leaving. They were even selling. Michael J. Just to give you a little bit of context. They were actually selling bags of the flour from the stores that were closing. That were closing earlier. Wow. Because people were trying to recreate that experience at home. So. Wow. The fried chicken was major. Like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the fried chicken was fire, I can tell you that. Right. And talking about that fried chicken, guess who would have never been eating any? And that's Betsy DeVoe. Okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, she don't know like, what she's missing. Like, that happened when I had a piece of fried chicken from Pop, I mean, from um, from Farm Fresh in Smithfield. Um, Mark Jones. Um, Betsy DeVoe. Mm-hmm. I, I, first of all, can I can I ask you this? Will you be straight with me? Yeah, absolutely. Are you a supporter? Uh, I wish I could say I was. My youngest son just graduated, so I'm not as, I guess, educated on the education system anymore like I would have been maybe four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't give an educated decision on her policy and stuff like that. So anybody, anything I told you there, I would be misleading. Okay, that's fair, and I and I and I respect you and thank you for your candor. As Would it relates to her having a twenty-four hour detail, because that's really what this post was about, right? And for every listening, um, let me give you just the background of what I said about an article, including Betsy, 
um, and information about her detail. Um, for the most part, there was an article that was written by Talking Points that says, and not only Talking Points, but this has been confirmed by CNN and the other few other news outlets. outlets. Oh, you, you got to use so something besides CNN was, now. Huh? You got to use something besides CNN. Okay, well, The Hill, <laughs> I mean, there's a few other places. I mean, because I this is you. actually in documents. This okay. is actually the amount, and that's another thing I want to clear with you, Mark Jones. The amount of money that they asked for is actually budgeted m- amounts. So these are the amounts that the U.S. Marshals said that they were going to need to actually take care of Betsy. So, with that being the case, let me tell you a little bit about what I saw. Um, the votes has had 24-7 security since their confirmation, totaling $19.8 million. Talking Points had the best article because they were actually, they actually went into, like, the records and actually, like, looked up how, how the money, like, you know, like, either it was allocated or it was asked for. So, like, these are real numbers. And what I said was, okay, privilege is getting out of hand and stretching into areas that damn well shouldn't. Why the hell is Betsy DeVos getting 24-7 U.S. Marshal Security costing $19 million up until now? All because, and up until now is just a sidebar, but all because she was accosted with questions by protesters at a Southeast D.C. elementary black school. You are the Secretary of Education. Why are you threatened by protesters asking questions? That's ludicrous. Um, no other secretary, including the Secretary of State or the Secretary of Defense, gets this perk. What the hell? You are the Secretary of Education, not the President. Oh, but I forgot. You are the richest cabinet member. Gotta stay the most privileged. Just this makes my skin ball. And it did make my skin ball. And ironically, I hit up the injection. But anyway, uh <laughs> Okay, let me let me ask you let me ask you this. When when you use the word privilege, what 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 privilege are you talking about? In this case, I'm talking about the privilege of being the most the being the richest woman on the cabinet. Okay, money, money privilege. Money privilege. Okay. This is all this isn't racial. No, this isn't racial at all. Not for me. Like Michael J might have a different sense, but for me, this is money. For me. Right. Like I had a guy I worked with and he always told me if you look, money follows money. Ninety nine percent of the time. Money follows money. Like I said, okay. you, you know, you, you don't see it's like Hollywood, you don't see very rarely do you see an actor or an actress making millions of dollars not with another somebody else making millions of dollars. If that makes sense, money oh, attracts yeah, okay. money. I'm with you. Yeah, and I, this is one of those situations where I, I don't think we have all the information. Oh, Mark. Okay. I, I, I'm. I'm. T- you can. And you say she's not the president. No, she's not. But is is she's not? Is her life any more important than the president's? No, but no. She's the Mark Jones. She's the secretary of the Department of Education. I don't care. My, she, I don't care if she was uh, the janitor on the West Wing of the White House. <laughs> if she's getting death threats, and, and they're legitimate, I, I would hope that they are, you know, researching this stuff. It, it very well could be legitimate. I don't know. And you said that about Maxine Waters. Well, if she, and another post, yeah. if she requested it, I'd be all for it. If that, but she if, didn't. But, she didn't request it. Well, Maxine Waters is probably a lot tougher than DeVos is, let's be honest. Oh, come on. <laughs> Mark Jones, come on now. That's going back there, that whole adage that black women are, are no, strong as leather and can take it. No, and I, white women have to no, be... Not, it's, it's not because she's black. No, we're not going to do that. It's not because she's black. That's got nothing to do with it. Absolutely. So you just think Betsy needs to be rescued. That's what you're saying. No, I don't... I, I don't know. What I'm telling you is I don't have enough information. I don't know what kind of threats she's getting. I don't all I know Well, is, she did get threats after the after the, are there, after are the, the threats? But let me also tell y'all this. This is what happened to the elementary school. Which I have the inside school. She went to Jefferson Academy okay. in Northeast, I mean, I'm sorry, Southwest D.C. <laughs> and she had a moment where they they protested outside the school. And they and they wanted her to answer questions. They were like, you know, what are you, what you know, what are you gonna do for our kids? And what do you, you know, you want to show up here? You want to have a photo op? It was that kind of thing. They took it as a threat, retracted, and put Betsy in a car, and actually just went around to the back of the school and let her in anyway. Now, 
<laughs> I live for that because the irony is Betsy DeVos ended up having to go through the back door. <laughs> I mean, let, let's, let's be honest. She didn't. Like, I live for that. Hold no. on, Mark. Let me finish. Okay. And she had her moment at that school. But the point is, that's what had to happen. And that's what spurred her saying, oh, and that along with some other death threats. Brendan Sullivan, thank you very much for your input. So he let, me, let us know that there were other death threats. But the bottom line is, beyond that, I don't really think there were death threats. I couldn't really find death threats. I do think there were very, very strong um, opinions made about Betsy. I, I couldn't really find death threats on her like I could find on Maxine. But, but right. what I will say is that, um, you know, there, it was controversial. Go ahead, Michael. Right. I was because there was a piece uh, about Maxine where she was able to, you know, submit these threats because the idiot left a damn voice right. message, you know, calling her and that's what all, I you know, that they were going to kill her, all t- call her all types of N-words, all of these types of things. And she submitted that to be public. Now, as far as DeVos is concerned and how much, you know, power and access she has, if they made those threats to her, they somebody should have been able to capture them and make it real for everybody to see and lay it out there to, to justify, look, they're trying to kill this woman. What it sounds like is that she was not willing or unable to answer the questions that they had. And this is a trend with Betsy. Like yes. People ask her questions all the time that she doesn't seem to know the answers to. And they're really basic yes or no questions. And she tries to you know, refute that by saying, well, this is not really a yes or no. But it does become a yes or no when things and decision making is within her purview to be able to do. And she chooses not to exercise her rights and her role. And so I, I really think that's a larger reflection of her inability to effectively, you know, manage some of the responsibilities as secretary of education, because you at the point where you cannot answer basic questions from people that are protesting and are concerned about the education of their children. Outside of school, really that ultimately, position, 18 months Should later, you really be in your position? But should you really, are you effective? Are, do people know that you're going to follow through? Do people know that you, you have their best interest? Not at the point where in person. You can't even answer a simple question. Absolutely not. And this was after her confirmation hearings, just after. She had been confirmed um, on the 13th, and then on the 17th, this is when she had these questions. So, like, I mean, she didn't even have a record. She could just speak about what she planned to do. But instead of talking to these black people on the steps, what did she do? And this is where I have a problem, Mike Mark Jones. She wanted the photo op. She wanted, and we talked about black ops before, but with, um, with, what's that motherfucker? I'm um, sorry. Donald, right, Trump. No, yeah, but Don, Donald Trump, right. <laughs> and we talked about that before. Like, she wanted that photo out to go to that school. She wanted it. Like, excuse my French, but bitch, you need to go ahead and answer these questions. Like, what are these questions that's going on here? Like, you need to be able to stand up and talk to these people and tell them what you're going to do for their kids in this low-income school. But let me let you know what she did, Mark Jones. What she did was she went back, and 18 months later, she went, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, 18 months later, she went back and she stood in front of the Congress and she cut. She cut Special Olympics. She cut um, after-school programs. She cut summer bridge programs that were allowing children to eat in schools. Like, it's bigger than that. Like, this is, right. this is, this is major, Mark. And I need you to understand. Like, Betsy is cutting, and I don't mean to get so emotional, y'all, but she is cutting programs that provides food for these people's tables. Yes, the food is served a service to the USDA as part of the school lunch program. So all of this is actually kind of like, you know, segmented. But at the end of the day, when she cuts the programs and she allows less students access, what she effectively is doing is making sure that less children eat. And that is where I have a problem. And she is not in a position make it, with $5.1 billion to her name to be talking about cutting anything going to a low-income family. She just doesn't understand the dynamic. Are you done? <laughs> yes, I'm done. Yeah, yes, I'm done. Go ahead. Okay, I wrote down four things that we talked that she talked about. First, let's be honest, she didn't have to go in the back door. She could she could have bought some hardware, got through the front door. <laughs> We can agree on there that. Then you go talk about your hardware, but okay. We can okay. agree on that. Okay. Hardware? Well. What type of a hardware? That secret service that she pays $19 billion, million. <laughs> but mm. she, she could have forced okay. her way through the front door. 
But that that that's irrelevant. They weren't um, gonna do that because you know what kind of optic that presents. They exactly. She she did the right thing by going in the back door. But the second thing is, uh, I know this got off on her policy and everything, but this was originally about the security detail. All right, one of the things you said is she bought this on herself. I, to me, I don't see anybody saying anything or having a, a policy that would warrant a death threat. I don't care who it is. You, you know what I mean? I mean, mm. maybe she's doing the best she knows how, and th- that might not be her fault. It might be her fault. I, we can argue about that. Some other you know what? I'm with you on that. Department of Ed, it shouldn't be that, che- that deep. It just I, I really, I I really think I really think that she does the best she knows how with what little bit of education I have on her. Mm. And that whose fault is it Trump's fault? Is it her fault? I don't know. That's for another discussion. Okay. The next is you say she did it for a photo op. You show me one president or how like that, that hadn't had a photo op. Just one. You can't. I can't. You're right. I mean, and Trump, I give you all Trump that. goes to down there where they have hurricanes, you know, take my picture. Um, Obama serving food at the uh, food shelter. You know, take my picture. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge. It, it, it's kind of if you have to do something and you have to post it or you have to show somebody you're doing it, you're feeding your ego. You're not really trying to help. Okay. OK. OK. And the next is the cutting of the money. We are twenty two trillion dollars in debt. Something has to be cut. And, and I'm not saying that the Special Olympics, the food programs, I'm not saying that's what needs to be cut. But whenever anybody talks about cutting, oh, I can't believe you're taking my money away. Well, we, I think we have a spending problem. I don't think we have a, a, a making money problem. But it, it, it's like the $19 million that we talked about uh, on Facebook. I don't think it costs $19 million to protect anybody 24-7. Okay. It's like them buying $20,000 toilets. Well, let me let, let me speak to that because I'm, I'm going to just put a little sidebar on that right there, Mike Jones, because I ran those numbers on Mark Jones. And let me tell you what I came up with. Um, Did you use Smithfield math or DC math? I'm using intellectual math <laughs> that I get, that I garnered from both places. <laughs> yes. That I garnered from both places. Well, it, it should but be let the me same. Tell you, let me tell you. The average Secret Service officer makes $60,000 a year. That means that equates to about $28.85 an hour. Okay? To have four officers on her, because she has 24 hour detail. To have four officers on her for 24 hours a day is 8,766 hours, which equates to $1 million right there. Okay? Because of um, overtime and all of that kind of stuff, you have to double that. You have to make that a $2 million total because you have double time on holidays and overtime and all this kind of stuff to make sure that she's covered again for 24 hours. She travels about 150 days a year, and those officers get $150 per diem. That's about another two hundred to $300,000 a year that officers need to get in per diem to actually support her travels overseas. So already we up to $2.2 million. Okay, how much per diem did you say they get? They get $150 a day. All right, well, that needs to be cut, first of all, but we can carry on. Yeah, but that's a government rate. We're not, see, that's, that's the thing. We can't redo. Yeah, I know, I know how y'all, I know how y'all government employees. Not, it's not y'all. I mean, <laughs> no, I don't, wait a minute, I don't work for government. I work for Metro. That's something totally different. I work for a DC. Wait a minute, that's something totally different. All right, I stand, I stand corrected. <laughs> I don't work actually for the federal government. I work for the DC government more so than anything else. But the point, and I don't even really work for them. I work for the transit agency that are, that is DC government. But the point I'm trying to make sure make you understand is, um, the point when you start adding up the money, you start looking at budgets, and you always need to account for ten to twenty five percent over budget, depending, you know, um, as a contingency, depending on what the budget looks, and you, you know, the numbers add up because it was five point three million in two thousand seventeen. And then they and then they went six point eight million for a little bit a little bit more time in two thousand eighteen. So if you look at it, Mark Jones, the numbers do add up. And the reality is, does 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 Betsy DeVos deserve that type of that type of coverage? Does she deserve to have twenty four hour full fledged coverage just because of the fact that she got some death threats a few months ago? If if it, 
So let me let me ask this though: like, is the money that I mean, <clears throat> who's paying for this? Is she's paying for this out no, of pocket? This is government. This is the U.S. Marshal. She's being so taxpayers like, are also contributing to that, right? You said what? Right? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, if this is taxpayers are contributing to the amount that she's using or is needed to cover her. Now you just ran those numbers and you came up with what? 2.5 million? I came up with, uh, and just what I, and I didn't even end yet because you also have to account for logistics. Like every time she travels, the Secret Service has to rent a car that actually supports with their needs when they get to the location she's at. She has to also, she also gets pre-scouting which means that before she actually goes into a location or a building, they actually sweep it to make sure that it's safe for her. Like, these are the things that she's getting. Like, she's a fucking president. This bitch ain't that. Like, no, she just did not get that. Sorry. I'm sorry. She just didn't get it. So you're putting a, you're putting so how a much, value. So how much is the total coming out to? $6.8 million for the year 2018. The numbers are there. Okay, so she, okay. So she does okay. So you're putting a, so you're she's, comparing the value of her life to somebody else. Mark Jones, we need to go I think it's about the position more than anything, Mark. Simply because I, I get that if you feel like you, you know, I'm threatened, so I need some type of security measure. And I guess okay, if you if that's if that's what it is, but it sounds like she's like it's costing more than it needs to cost. Is that also what's happening? I, here? I think because of I you? think it costs from the, the nineteen point million and the the figures that Antoine just rolled out. There's no way it costs anywhere near nineteen million dollars. No way. So, Mark, so why you is know it what? Coming out to be you a- know what, Mark Jones? That's not the point. The point is she's spending double, triple what the average secretary on the cabinet is spending. She's sixteenth in line. She does not deserve. Her position does not deserve to get this level of coverage of security. I'm sorry, it just does not. I just don't see it. I just cannot even if even it. if they have legitimate threats. Where are the threats coming from, Mark? I, I, really, I, I'm not. I'm not in that. Position. They haven't emerged yet. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I feel like with someone of her prowess or whatever, and her, again, power access. If people were threatening her, she would have quickly put that out there, or should. And someone needs to tell her to do that if they if she doesn't know to put that out there. She is riding the initial threat she got when she got confirmed as the secretary of education. Okay, I got a question, Antoine. If she produced that tomorrow, would you agree with the twenty four seven security? Security? No, because she's only. And I'm just saying only the Secretary of Education. Because so, so if she gets knocked off, it's no big deal. We'll just throw somebody else in her place. I cannot agree to her having 25-7 security because of things she's saying and policies she's setting. Let me put it like this. That's not that's not an excuse like this, Mark Jones. That's not an excuse to kill the woman. Let me let me t- let me put it like this. There are a lot of people who are working right now down the street from me at the Department of Human Services that get threats every motherfucking day. They get people telling them, I'll come back up here and I'll blast this bitch. Up in you in it. Da, 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 da. <laughs> They're government employees. Oh, I'll fuck you up, you black bitch. Da, 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 da. Like, there are people who, you know, you nigger. Like, fuck you. I'm going to get my motherfucking service. Whatever it is. Whoever it is the person might be. And they leave their government job and they don't get not eight ounce of security. Not one motherfucking piece of security. Bessie DeVos gets some call from California that she's been uh, now, let's, let's be honest. You don't know all of it. Oh, Mark. Okay. <laughs> Can we agree that you don't know all the inside story? Okay. I don't know all the inside story, Mark. Okay. Like I said, if it's warranted, I don't have a problem with it. I do have a problem with it being jacked up in price because there's no way it costs $19 million. You know what? Let's move on. Unless you got something to say, Michael J. No, let's move let's on. Let's move on. Um, Howard University, y'all, on the yard. I went to Howard. It's my school. Love it to death. Dogs are defecating and urinating on the yard. 
and residents, gentrifying residents coming into the city, um, who are large, largely white, I gotta say it, are saying, uh, uh-uh. you're gonna have a, we're gonna move in, we're gonna buy, you know, we we're gonna be part of the community. We want to be able to walk our dogs on this campus. It's beautiful, like the dogs love it. It's a great grazing ground. We want to be able to shit on your campus. <laughs> I'm almost certain they didn't say that. We're going- that is what they said. Mark, see, that's what we go, Mark. That's, that is what they said. That's literally what he said. Man, I, I'm going to need some video evidence of that. I, I sent you the video. The video's on my page. Look at it. Everybody, even anybody listening, look on my page. I put a video where the man said that. He said, like, we should be able to, you know, like, we should be able to be on this campus. There's no, there's no, um, there's nothing saying we shouldn't. We should be able to be on the campus. And let me tell you why I have a problem with that, Mark. But, but he said he said to let the dogs dump on the campus. And, yeah, indirectly. <laughs> he didn't say it, but he implied it. <laughs> okay. I mean, the bottom line is this. And I know, actually, you agree with this, Mark. So, like, you know, it is what it is. You did say that you agree with the dogs not being on the campus. I think we agree for different reasons why the dog needs to not be on the campus. But in this situation, yes, the man said, you're in the middle of campus, you're in the middle of the city, you're a, um, a, a public-private entity, so to speak, because you allow in and, in and out flow of traffic. We should be able to walk our dogs, and you should have to take it. Well, his argument's flawed. First of all, his argument's flawed, because he lives in the middle of town, and if you went and took a dump on his front yard, he probably have a problem with it. Okay. But okay. like I said on Facebook, I have a problem with uh I don't want this to come across the wrong way. But it probably will. I have a problem with mostly dog owners. Mm. You know, <laughs> and, and, and some of them, I'm not going to say all of them, but like I said, I was in on Main Street in Smithfield and there were white people everywhere. And the dog just stopped and took a dump right on the sidewalk. Right? To me, it's, it's like a lack of respect to bring your dog in. And I'm probably in the minority, I know. But to bring your dog in a crowded place like that, you know, because I, I don't like to eat around dogs in a restaurant. You know, people bring <laughs> the dogs in the restaurant. And Paris Hilton, little dogs and stuff like that. I mean, it's a, it's a time and a place for animals to me right right and, and i'm i'm not a dog hater i'm not but there's a time and a place for them and this from what i read there's some places on howard university that are actually public thoroughfares they are i don't i don't think it's anything you can do about that now what they call the yard from what i understand that's private right that should that should like be I easy. said, y'all. He's not a dummy. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, that that should be easy. <laughs> and, and like I like I posted on it, I think uh, Howard should hire somebody, a couple of people with BB guns. As soon as the dog squats, pop him right in the butt. <laughs> Mark, I mean, that's, that's just that's not even disrespect. But that's I, not even humane. I was kidding. I didn't mean that. It's not the dog's fault. Yeah. When the dog's got to go, he's got to go. But <laughs> I, I don't think it's. Once again, I don't think it's a race thing. I think it's a. This is my dog. This is like my kid. I take him anywhere I want to. There's nothing you can do about it. But actually, it is something you can do about it, especially if it's private property. Right. And if they've been doing it for years, that's that's not an excuse. Okay. Right. They've been doing it for years. Now it's getting out of hand. We need to stop. Take and you know to- what, Mark? I, and I accept your more. I accept your your response because I do realize that you are looking at it from the lens of dogs being, for lack of a better way to put it having more rights than they probably even need in at this point. Like, you know, we're really advocating for dog rights. However, right. Like I said, it's not the dog's fault. It's, when the dog it's, gets it's not just about, it's just not about just dog owners and the rights that dogs have or the rights that dog owners have to have with dogs. This is just talking about Howard University, and I'm not going to, we can't eclipse that by just talking about dogs. Like, this is a university that has stood, the yard has stood since 1867. Like, this is major, and I'm with the Howard, so this is major for me. We used to chill on the yard, we used to, I don't ever remember a dog on the yard. And if a dog was on the yard, it definitely wasn't shitting. Nobody would, no man would stand out and just start pissing on the middle of the yard. You know, even though we have a little bit more accessibility as it relates to that. Like, I just think this is a little bigger than what you are. are, are. People, Georgetown, and I looked this up. So let me let y'all know. I looked up this information. 
Georgetown does not have a policy against having dogs on their yard. Georgetown University in Georgetown, up the street. However, Georgetown doesn't have this problem with dogs coming and pissing on the yard and doing all these things. And this is what I was telling you about the Vatican, for you know, and all that, Mark. Like, sometimes you don't need a sign, you don't need all that. People should just respect what you have. And th- the gentrifiers are not respecting what it means, what how a university means and what how a university is. And you know, you can argue maybe they don't understand or maybe they don't know. Well, no, I just don't I don't think it's as deep as you think. I don't think they're thinking, well, this is just Howard University. Let me go over here and let my dog take a dump on it. I, it's not like that. They see a place they can walk their dog. Nobody's ever told them they couldn't. So they're going to walk the dog. And like I said, when the dog has to go, he's going to stop and squat. It's not like, you right, know, well, I gotta find that's a, true. I got to find a bathroom. Now, they're not going to do that. But it's not the dog's fault. It's the owner's fault. Before we go, Michael J., what you think? My thing is this. You, I'm glad you brought up the Georgetown uh, comparison here because they don't have a policy prohibiting dogs, but you are not seeing gentrifiers taking their dogs to shit and piss on the historical Georgetown University because largely people know what that means just as they should know the significance and contributions from Howard University. And we're talking about historically black college and the significance of that. Like it's, it's too much of an impact and significance for people not to get it but the fact that, you know, people are trying to fight to get to have access to allow their dogs to even shit on something like Howard University, even if they weren't informed. And now that they are and they're still trying to fight that says everything we need to know. I think we all agree that don't shit on Howard. We might be looking at it. Please don't. <laughs> we might be looking at it from different angles, but it is what it is. Mark Jones, I want to thank you so much. No, for I think you on our show today. Um, this has been a lively conversation. Um, Mike, <laughs> as always, thank you for putting together the show and making everything happen. Um, I thank you all so much. Any closing words from either of you? I, it's been great. If you ever want me on again, just let me know. All right, Mark, and trust me, you're gonna be on again. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, <laughs> you got anything to say? Um, you know, it, this was a really good a good conversation. I'm glad we were able to dig a little deeper and kind of like see some of the particulars with each one, because I think on the surface, you know, people have this idea about what the topics are, but I really like how we unpack and really take apart what's actually happening. This is a model show y'all. When I send out and I said, when, when people say, what is the show about? This is the show I will send out and say, look, this is what it's all about. It's the injection, everybody. Thanks so much. If the, um, the injection podcast at gmail.com. If you want to be on, y'all have a great day. Thank you. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.